At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone but not just anyone alma is there to help you find the right fit visit helloalma.com therapy 30 to schedule a free consultation today that's helloalma.com therapy 30 knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling meeting new friends or just even to master a new skill but it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes that's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filippone. All right, welcome in to another edition of First and Pod. Danny Parkins, Andrew Filippone. Thanks for being here. Subscribe, rate, review every team, every week, every game. Coming to you after a winning underbet for your boy, uh, <laughs> Chargers Dolphins. Chargers 23. Dolphins 17. Uh, just going to give you a couple of stat lines, Pony. Um, one quarterback was 10 for 28 for 145 yards with a touchdown. Started the game, I believe, 3 of 17 passing. The other quarterback was 39 of 51 for 367 yards with a touchdown and a bunch of quote-unquote social media throws. You still on the Tua over Herbert side of this argument? Uh, no, I don't want to be. I don't want to be that guy who still digs his heels in here and says after this game that you know I'm still all in on Tua. I would still buy low on his stock because of their schedule. I mean, I think they'll probably go to Buffalo and lose again yeah. next week, and then from there, I think they'll probably win out. And still be probably either the four or five or the five or six seed, more likely the six, I would say, depending on what happens with Lamar Jackson with the Ravens. But no, it was a brutal look for him tonight, especially given how bad the Chargers defense was banged up 
no Derwin James. Um, you know, this should have been a bounce back game for the Dolphins. That's why they were favored in the game because of all the injuries. It was a Dolphins crowd like it usually is for the Chargers. Every game for them is basically a road game. And so, yeah, it's a troubling game. You called it that, you know, this was going to be uh, a game that told us a lot about Tua. And I think that'll be the that'll be the narrative from this game. Like, is he just a byproduct of having the great scheming coach and having all the weapons on offense? And tonight it looked like he was that. He was so bad, man. Yep. And talked about it before last week's game against the Niners. Had this stretch coming up. Like, I wanted to see if they were contenders or pretenders. And my radar was up on them being pretenders. Like, yep. a fun team, an exciting team, a playoff team. But a quarterback short of really being special because in the AFC, you got to go through Mahomes and Allen and Burrow and that dude, man, you make fun of me for my eye test. Dave wants that comes on every week and makes fun of me and mocks my eye test. But I don't know how you can watch 11 hours of football every Sunday like we do and watch Justin Herbert play the position and think that there's three more physically talented dudes in the world that play that sport. He's unbelievable. Well, he he has so much talent around him that has been injured. It just seems so apparent to me that like, if he had a season, they showed the graphic. He hasn't had his tackles since week three. Plus Corey Lindsley's been out. And this is the first game all season that Williams and Allen finished the game together. First game all season. Yeah. Like, I mean, come on. Well, it, I like not his fault. It's just not his fault. And that's just apparent. And he's playing with a rib injury. Like, well, I picked them to win the Super Bowl. So I was not a hater. I know you were. No, I know but, you were. I, I picked them too. I know. But I, but I do have to say that, that was not my takeaway from this game was more about the way Tua looked so bad than it was about how good Herbert looked. I I think at the end of the day, honestly, well, I think honestly, if the Dolphins are themselves offensively, they win the game. The Chargers did not have a great offensive game, not even close. I mean, their yardage says they were good. They scored 23 points. It's the same number of points today as the Houston Texans scored. 23 points is not a, in today's NFL, is not a great offensive performance. Their, their their defense, no question. But 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 again, watching the game, like Herbert was under pressure a ton. He was he was he was making, he was making something out of nothing often. I mean, he that that throw to Keenan Allen on the sideline in the fourth quarter, where Allen catches the ball and just immediately points back at his quarterback. He thought he thought that he had been covered out of the route. Yep. And he, you know what I mean. So like so like yeah, I'm with you. Like they do, they are flawed because they are injured. I and the and it's a weird team, which we talked about in the week one pod, the preseason pod. Like we both picked a team to win the Super Bowl because of the talent on their roster that was going to play 17 road games. You know, it's the I know home field advantage matters less in the NFL than ever before, but they have no home field advantage in any game. They have no fan base. So I don't know. I am I am continually blown away by Herbert. I think he is – I mean, it's hard to say that he's the same as Mahomes and Allen because 
he just hasn't done it in the playoffs, obviously. But again, my my very rudimentary scout's eye, right? No one's hiring me for a front office anytime soon. But I'm not sure that there are things on the football field that Mahomes and Allen can do that Justin Herbert can't. Obviously, the power running game for Allen is unique to him of those three. But like in terms of throwing the football, I don't know that there's anyone who's like a class above him. Well, he's got great weapons when they're healthy. And they yep. and both of them were in this game, the wide receivers. And Williams has really come on the last two years. He's awesome. And has entered that list of like A, A-minus wide receivers in the NFL. And Allen's been in that cl- caliber club for a very long time. So I think I've reached the point where I want to see them play Kansas City a third time. They'd be my choice for the third wild card. I think they would give Kansas City the best game and it'd be interesting to see Kansas city try to beat them three times, especially with where Kansas city's defense is at right now, their margin for error because of how they're playing defensively has shrunk a great deal here in the last couple of weeks. All right, let's get to the games. Uh, As I was making the rundown for this one, I decided to just create a new rule um, because I don't like going to NFL games. So if there's a game big enough where one of us actually attends the game in person, it automatically leads the show. And then if you add in that it's arguably the best rivalry in the NFL of the 21st century, it has to lead the show. So Kenny Pickett gets injured. You were there. Steelers, Ravens, Mitch Trubisky throws three picks. In your mind, the biggest story of that game was what? Well, I think it's the quarterback injuries. I think it's the quarterback injuries, probably more so for the Steelers because it's Pickett's second concussion and the way it was handled. He went out of the game and then he came back in and he didn't take a hit or anything for them to take him out of the game permanently. Something either happened where he self-reported more symptoms or they saw something that they didn't like once he went back into the game. So if this were a if this were a typical Steelers Ravens game that was in prime time, and if this had happened to Ben Roethlisberger and not Kenny Pickett, it would be a gigantic story. But it gets swept under the rug because the Steelers aren't that relevant, and Pickett really is not. He's a first round quarterback, but he's not a huge name, big name, first round quarterback. So that kind of slips under the radar. And then, like I would just say, the other, you know, probably one A story is. Or one B story is that uh, Huntley got injured and the Ravens were down to their third string quarterback, Anthony Brown, and they went on a seven minute drive in the fourth quarter against one of the best defenses in the NFL allegedly. to win the game, allegedly, to win the game. And that's a game that they did not win last year. That's the type of game in December of last year without Lamar that they lost. So, that's kind of a flex game for Harbaugh that he was able to go into Pittsburgh, lose his quarterback for most of the second half and come away with a win. Yeah, you know, it's that's what I kind of wanted to ask you about. I knew you'd have the Steelers part of it covered. Like we talk about the AFC in a, I think, understandable way. And the odds makers agree with us of these like three generational quarterbacks who, you know, Bengals in the Super Bowl. Chiefs, the run of AFC Championship games, obviously, with a couple Super Bowl appearances and a ring. And then the Bills, who preseason favorite and have 
put up huge performances in playoff games, even if sometimes it's coming losses. And then, oh yeah, by the way, there's the Ravens who are now nine and four and the three seed and crazy talented and crazy well-coached and winning again without Lamar. Like which team wants to avoid the Ravens or do none of those three teams fear them in your mind? Like, is it the chiefs because of their defense? Well, I, I think for me it would be. You know, I'm talking about like a second. You know what I mean? Like a second round game. Like a sec a second round game. Which which team wants to play the Ravens the least? Because like right now it would be Ravens Dolphins or Ravens you know Jets as a as a first round game. I mean, I would say Bengals just because I feel like the division thing of playing a team a third time, and I I think that even though. Even though Burrow has, you know, the clutch gene and with Chase and their wide receivers, if healthy, I mean, they've been phenomenal together and their defense can be healthy. We saw what they did in the playoffs last year, but I think Harbaugh is a better coach than than Taylor. And I would not want to give him a third game where he has seen the Bengals twice and he's able to kind of scout them maybe more thoroughly and have a more in-depth knowledge on what they do or what they want to do against them. So that would be my answer. I mean, I, I think that even though we saw it last year when Buffalo got New England a third time, it was just an embarrassment. They never punted in the game. Yeah. And Belichick's a better coach than McDermott. I I don't... Zach Taylor, to me, right now, is the guy that's just along for the ride. So that's how, I, that, that's how I see that. I think that. I think that makes sense. I just think that the... The Chiefs offense is so great, but of those three teams, right, like points against, Buffalo's allowed 221, Bengals 265, Chiefs 298, but their point differential is still plus 86 because of their offense. Bill, the Bills is the only one that's better at plus 132, which is just ridiculous, which is why they're considered the, the favorite and, you know, they actually do have the inside track to the one seed, but Chiefs got to figure out a way to just occasionally get off the field against good offenses because like they, their defense even made Russell Wilson and the Broncos come alive today. So I, I feel like that's the biggest vulnerability right now, even though I wouldn't be picking against them anytime soon. They're still the chiefs. They're still like, you know, come at the King, you'd best not miss that sort of thing. But like right now, today, week 14, it feels like the Chiefs' defense is the biggest vulnerability of those three teams. And I thought Dobbins made a huge difference for the Ravens. They ran the ball like crazy. So getting him back off the IR, off two knee injuries, I thought he looked really good, uh, even though he had excuses not to be. Someone that affected the game that way. And then the last thing I'll say about Baltimore, you know, Buffalo I don't think would be out of the woods against them either, just because their their corners – with the way Allen's thrown interceptions this year, yeah, there's point. a chance he'd give Baltimore extra possessions in a matchup like that. So I would actually like Kansas City the best of all three teams against them. Okay. Um, so I thought it was a real toss-up on how to prioritize some of these games, but San Francisco-Tampa was the national game. It was the game that everybody saw, and it was a complete blowout. Debo gets injured. They say now it's a high ankle sprain, four to six weeks. First round of the playoffs is five weeks. 
from now. Let's start with the Niners side, even though the Brady side is certainly very juicy. Uh, Garoppolo down, Debo down, Niners still look dominant. Is the Debo injury enough for you to officially say they have no shot in the NFC? The Niners are no longer a contender. Are you there yet? Yeah, I am. I am. I mean, I was there even with the way... I mean, I still don't have, I still don't have long-term, you know, I still don't have long-term aspirations for Purdy. You know, I still see, I mean, maybe at best he's a Mark Bulger type who went in into that Rams system and was able to do well there when Warner kind of tailed off as a seventh round pick, but I don't know. I just feel like we're putting so much stock and faith in Shanahan's quote system and the players around him that even though the Bucks have an upper echelon defense and he lit them up today, I just I just don't. I think the book will get out on him and he'll look like a seventh round pick sooner rather than later. So, I mean, I mean, McCaffrey was awesome again. Yep. Um, he he threw a pick that was called back on a defensive holding penalty. And it seemed like it would be a, you know, a game swinging type of moment potentially. And the next play, he just stands in, takes a huge hit and throws a touchdown pass. You know, I, it feels to me like he's playing kind of like YOLO. Like no one expects anything of me. I'm not even supposed to have a career here. You know, he's got one shot. And he's, I doubt it'll last eight weeks, but we talk about this all the time. Like when we were trying to talk about when we, last week, it was like, who do you like more, Eagles or Bills? And it was like, well, you kind of got to take the Eagles simply because of the path of the teams they have to go through. Dude, the NFC stinks. We'll talk about the Lions in a little bit, but like, I think there's only four teams that would be favored over the lions right now in the <laughs> NFC. And they might not even make the playoffs. You know, the, the NFC is the Eagles and a bunch of flawed teams and everybody else. So I, the Niners are only nine to one to win the Super Bowl right now. Well, their defense we were, is great. Their defense is incredible. That's what I'm saying. The, the defense is incredible. The path is easy. The offensive line is good. McCaffrey, is great. Shanahan is great. They still have Ayuk. They still have Kittle. And and Debo's, it wasn't like a ruptured Achilles or a knee. Like he he could play in the playoff game. And I mean, that guy's one of the three best athletes in the sport. Like my guess is he's a hundred percent for the playoff game, just based on like how crazy he'll approach rehab. Like I I can't do it. I I can't downgrade them because what would they be a Less than a touchdown underdog in Philly, like I would give them. I would almost. I would give them almost next to no shot of winning in Philadelphia in an NFC Championship game. Okay, but they could get. They they would they they easily could get to an NFC Championship game, and if you can get to that game, you can win the NFC, just because of how football works. So, I'm I'm not downgrading them. It's crazy to me. But they lost Garoppolo and they lost Debo and they kicked the ever-loving shit out of Miami and Tampa, two playoff teams, in back-to-back weeks. 
Like it has been two non-competitive. Well, I want to see the I want to see the kid play on the road. Fair enough. That's, that's gonna I'm, be a big fair, one. Yeah, yeah. Fair, fair. But all right. So, do you think San Francisco fans no longer want Tom Brady next year after how he looked today? No, I don't. I don't think that that's the. I don't think that that's the case yet. I, I still think, you know, it was so. Uh, his parents never go to games because they don't want to travel to Tampa anymore. They're there, given everything that's gone on in Brady's personal life this year. I'd have to think that this game meant every game is huge to him, but that this would even be ratcheted up so much more. And for him to look in their offense to look so anemic, like his parents were there. You think, you think Tom Brady was nervous playing in front of his parents? I don't think he was nervous. I just think, I think he put homecoming. I think he put a higher value on this game than he does. I mean, I, he's, I, I, I think he's allowed for some emotional stuff off the field to enter into his play this year and affect him. And I think the fact that he gets divorced midseason, everybody knows about it. Who knows how many more times his parents are going to get to see him play football? And they look like that today. I mean, I don't know. I think the competitor in him is like, I can't go out this way and I want to come back and play for somebody else next year. And he's going to think it's not, it's not me, it's you. It's not. Well, yeah, I mean, it'll be really interesting to see what happens the rest of the way. Obviously, it's the offensive line. It's the offensive coordinator. Yeah. Well, but like they, so Carolina technically actually controls its path to winning that division, which is crazy. Even though Tampa is still in first place right now, like Kornacki was going over it at halftime of Sunday Night Football in his weird khakis. But uh, how is that a job, (laughs) dude? It's a high-paying one. I get how it's a job for the election. I don't get how reading the standings right. is a job on Sunday Night Football. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like, he has no inside knowledge or anything like that. I, you can go, I mean, that's... It's just the graphic and an understanding of how tiebreakers work. Yes. Is the entirety of that job. Yes. That is all it is. And reading a schedule. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Uh, but NBC's got a... They gotta, they gotta brand it. They gotta brand their guy. Um, their roster is talented, so like if they get healthy, they have a home playoff game. It'd be fascinating to see if it's like Bucks Cowboys in Tampa to open the postseason, which is like the odds-on favorite for what it would be as of this moment. Like Dallas is seven and a half point favorite in Tampa. They won't be. They'll be it depends who's healthy. But I just feel like every Bucks line has been them favored by a few points or an underdog by like Cincinnati comes to town. I've not looked at the look ahead line. I bet that they're probably at worst, maybe a four or five point underdog in that game. And I would say probably more like a three and a half point underdog if I had to really guess. The Bucks get Huge since, love since, since he is a since he's a three and a half point favorite in Tampa. Yeah, the Bucks get huge love from the odds makers every week. Well, doesn't that seem like an easy one? Slam dunk, Cincinnati, lock it in now. Line's only going to go up. Yeah, it sure yes. does. Yeah. yeah, 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 it sure does. Yeah, that's true. But okay, so I mean, well, let's put it this way: if it's Dallas at less than six. I will be betting Dak Prescott on the road against Tom Brady in a playoff game. What could possibly go wrong? 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Speaking of Dallas, it was the biggest spread of the NFL season, and they needed an 11-play, 98-yard drive in less than two minutes to beat the Houston Texans. Big deal or no deal for the Cowboys that this game was close? No, I think it's a big deal, but I think I think them winning the game will, will save them from like incurring the wrath of a lot of people. Like I'm guessing down in Dallas – you know, they'll treat Monday morning on the the sports talk stations. They'll act like they lost the game. That's what I would do if I was hosting there. Like, how the hell did did, did this game look like? I mean, this? honestly, they should have lost. I know. Did you see the interception that Dak threw? Yes, inside his own, inside his own ten. Yes, they should have lost the they they should have lost the game. They, Houston got zero points out of an interception thrown inside their own ten yard line. It's pathetic. They, they, they definitely should have lost. Well, it just feels like if they – so this is like something that like obviously betters talk about all the time is that like in the minds of a better, it's almost like Dallas lost the game today because it's more yeah. about how they played and the results, more about the process. Like they looked like shit. So, you know, they should be – they should be dinged big time for that right but i don't know I, like i so me, i me. i i tend to be the guy who says like to try i try to not overreact to the one game and say it's the ultimate trap game it's like it's the ultimate look ahead spot you know, not that they have Philly next week. I think they got Jacksonville. But just like all week you think, well, they're the worst team. We're at home. It's a cakewalk. But it's there. It's the other team's Super Bowl. Everything everything about it. And they just, they come out and lay an egg. Some weird things happen. And all of a sudden you're down. It's a close game. And it's the NFL and it's weird. So, but it's short, it's short week because of they, be, well, it was a Sunday night game. It was not a Monday night game. Right. But I can just, you know, to me, it does not speak well to the Cowboys, you know, taking the game seriously or feeling like even though it was an ultimate mismatch, they could just coast their way through it and sleepwalk their way through the game and win. And the problem for them in these situations, for me at least, is that they haven't done anything. This team hasn't accomplished anything. There's not a bunch of winners on this team. 
Like for me, they don't get the benefit of the doubt of just being like, ah, fuck it. We scored 50, you know, we scored 50 last week. We've got the worst team in the NFL coming to our place. If we want to just coast through the game, that's fine. They haven't earned that, right? No, they haven't earned it, but I wonder if they're doing it, uh, whether it's subconscious or not. Like that Eagles game. In well, the I, think that's, I, I think that's a poor reflection on them then. I think that that well, makes them no, no, I mean, Yeah, no, I listen, I don't think I don't think very highly of the head coach. Like if so. Kansas City does this against Houston in a couple of weeks, honestly, I would feel I would feel differently about it. Well, I, I think we've seen Kansas City do that before. We've see, we've seen them kind of play down, eke out wins, and then when they have, you know, the Bengals are no, – Bengals is a bad example. But, like, it, when they have a big game against the division team on Sunday Night Football, Andy Reid comes out with, like, three trick plays, and they have, you know, four touchdowns on their first four possessions. Like, a small part of me wonders if Dallas is – Let's go vanilla for the Houston game. Let's go vanilla next week for the Jaguars game, though maybe that changes with how Jacksonville looked today. And just not not put a ton on film for Philly to try to go up and snipe that game. But that's being very generous to what Dallas did today. Yep. You know, I so I'm not I I'm just just more of a devil's advocate thing because it was it was not an impressive performance. Um as we move through this thing here. I feel like there's a thousand angles on this game, but let's just start because we're but a couple of gamblers here. I admitted that I was very, very wrong with the opener. Gambling lesson here, right? For for our audience, Detroit, Minnesota. This is the ultimate trust the market game. Vikings open minus two and a half. It gets steamed all week to Detroit minus two and a half. The 10 and 2 team is the underdog. It feels like the line is saying, well, you got to bet the Vikings. You got to bet the Vikings. You got to bet the Vikings. Everybody bets Detroit. Detroit covers. It felt like to me this was the ultimate, like the sharp gamblers who moved that number all week. They knew. And even today, at the worst of the number, the right side was still very clearly Detroit, who won the game wire to wire. To me, this was like a clear. That number looks off. You should bet the other side. Like you should bet the side that seems confusing. Like tr- trust the market, trust the line movement, because every Detroit number was good all week long. And I lost money, by the way. Well, their offense in Detroit is like on a Kansas City level in a very specific place. It's got to be at home when they're in Detroit. They can win any kind of shootout or track meet. Now that St. Brown's out there and both running backs and DJ Shark and Jamison Williams now, I mean, they even after the Hawkinson trade, they've got the players and people when they're comfortable at home. They've gotten to a, actually really from the beginning of the year against Philadelphia, even though a lot of that was in garbage time, they've been able to consistently score 30 or more points at home all season long. It's just a matter of taking that on the road, bottling it up. But, you know, honestly, even if even as I say that, if you're a Lions fan, who cares? Like, to me, they're showing a they're showing progress in a way where they they are, they have an identity. They're a high-octane, high-powered offensive team. 
And you can take that into the offseason and figure out what to do on defense and also figure out like, okay, we still have golf for another year. Like, what do we do around him? And what do we do maybe down the road if he takes us, you know, like that's, to me, that's well, where they're at. Like they can still make the playoffs. Like they're not dead in that regard, but their season with, with the way they played, even in their losses, like to Buffalo and Philly, like this has been a, and Miami. Yeah. This has been a tremendously successful season for them. I think. Yeah, dude. Well, first of all, today, you can give me props whenever, but today they hit their over, baby. There you go. Yeah, five and a half comes in. They've won five of six. Um, everything you said, I agree with. Well, did you see the Ian Rappaport report this morning? You might have been tailgating. Uh, Detroit, Goff is our guy. Committed. Just on the record, we are building around Jared Goff. Now, we'll see, um, because that Rams pick, they could be staring at C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. You know, they're going to get a top five pick from the Rams, and they have their first round pick, which might end up being in the 20s, depending on if they win out. Um, I think the idea of Goff is fascinating. Like, given how many points they've scored this year, they have a top five offensive line in football. And top five might be disrespectful. They might be. They might have the second best offensive line in football, behind behind Philly. And Goff is just throwing the ball down the field beautifully. They've got a, you know, they got team speed, and they have no defense. If I think two, if if they if they add Will Anderson to Aiden Hutchinson on that defensive line, and then say they have the you know their own pick is somewhere like fifteen. 18, something like that, draft a cornerback. I, why couldn't they win the NFC North next year? Well, they they could, provided, see, like, Campbell, I think, is going to have to make some hard decisions. This guy, Aaron Glenn's his friend. That's obvious if you watch Hard Knocks. If the Denver defensive coordinator becomes available, or let's say Carolina doesn't keep Wilkes, in my opinion, both of those guys would be clear upgrades over what you have right now. But my my not really super educated guess, because I'm not, you know, all like overly familiar with the inner workings of the Lions organization, but it just feels like Campbell is gonna make the plea that it was a personnel problem, that it was player related and not coaches yeah. related, but I, I would go all in to fix my defense in the off season. And that would be include and included. in that would be getting a defensive coordinator that has a reputation for being, you know, a, a, a difference maker on that side of the ball. So, so what do you make of this? Like what I, what I said kind of off the top, um, if, if the game was played next week on a neutral field, can we name the NFC teams that would be favored over Detroit? Minnesota would be. On a neutral field, they would be. We just saw it today. It I was know. two and a half in Detroit, and they kicked the shit out of them. Well. No, no they would not. I think they would be. Okay, you're wrong. But 
Okay, so, well, then we disagree. But San Francisco, no. Dallas, no. Philly, no. But Detroit's favored over Seattle, the Giants, Washington. And I would say Minnesota, you would say no. But they just won. Um, I really hope that team makes the playoffs. I saw someone put that out on Twitter about the teams in the NFC that they'd be favored over, man. Like, they are fun. Their offense is awesome. And the NFC stinks. Like, I'd much rather – you know I love Geno, but I'd much rather watch Detroit than the Giants. Let me ask ask you a quick – so would I, but let me ask you a quick follow-up on Minnesota. So if they play next week in Minnesota, what do you think the line would be? If it was two and a half in Detroit, yep, and they just won wire to wire, um, yeah, like Detroit minus one. See, I just think it's a game that has been consistent with both teams this year and who they are, and just the outcome. Law of averages took over. Minnesota finally lost a game that was closer, and Detroit finally won a game that was closer. Cousins well, I mean, and, 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 and Dalvin Cook fumbled at the one-yard line going in. Yeah, I so mean, Kirk Cousins threw it, for 400 yards, and Justin Jefferson went off. I mean, it was not an ass-kicking. Like, Detroit is just a great offensive team when they play at home. So that's why... That's why I'm saying Cousins that. was really good today, by the way. That, that's why. That's why I'm not convinced. If it's a neutral field, Detroit's favored against okay. them. Okay. Well, I fine. Then then it's then it's four teams, or it's or it's it it's three and a push, and they're on the outside of the playoffs looking in right now. By the way, just one more thing. One more thing. At the Jets, at the Panthers. Home against the Bears at the Packers. So it's three of four on the road. But what what chances do you give them? They're like they're like about five to one to make the playoffs right now. Four and a half, five to one. What's the line for the Jets game? The line for the Jets game. You want to take a guess? I think it's going to be Detroit minus one. It is the Jets minus one and a half. I don't think that helps your argument with me. Dude, I think Minnesota Minnesota's got a negative point differential for the season. Minnesota I'm aware, I'm aware they played a game against they played a game where they lost by what? 40 semi points. Were, that was what 40 to 3 that Cowboys yeah. game. Yeah. I understand. They have but dude, what are they good at? Uh they're not great at anything. Correct. They're not. And they're horrendous defending the pass, which tends to matter in football. So, I don't know. I thought that game was fascinating. Okay. I know what the odds are here, and I know this is a little bit more gambling-centric than we normally do, but I also thought this was very interesting. The Eagles kicked the shit out of the Giants today. Mm -hmm. Just looked like varsity against JV. Giants in the crappy NFC are a playoff-caliber team, allegedly. Are we ready to say that Eagles or the field is a legitimate conversation to come out of the NFC? Which side would you want to be on, the field or the Eagles? 
You know, I would probably right now say, what are they to win the NFC? I'd right now. Well, I, that's what I'm saying. I, I know what the number is. I looked it up before the show. But is it plus 150? Plus 170. But it's, to me, man, it is hurtling in the direction of them heading into the postseason as the odds on favorite over the field to come out of that conference. I mean, obviously the Cowboys game is going to be the one that swings it. Like if, if they beat Dallas by double digits, they'll be minus money in two weeks to, to win the NFC. Like they're going to kick the shit out of the bears next week, even with the bears coming off the bye. that game will be exciting. The bears will score on them a little bit because of fields, but they're going to, I mean, the Eagles could run for 400 yards on the bears if they wanted to. So that, I mean, that, that game, that points where it's eight, it should be, 18 like that that they're going to kick the ever-loving shit out of the bears um and i just i don't know man dallas we talk about it coach quarterback the niners quarterback the, the, the vikings have no defense and the eagles destroyed them this year like they're, and they're only going to have to play one of San Francisco or Dallas in the postseason. Like, and it's going to be in Philly, and they get the bye. It's just it's it's hurtling in the direction of them being minus money to make the Super Bowl. I think. Well, I think right now that if they don't if they don't make it to the Super Bowl, uh, it's going to feel like a disappointing season in Philadelphia. Yeah, because, but the even, thing about I mean, even with the Hertz revelation and all of that, it's just it's it's it just the path is so easy for them, man. Well, that that's what I mean. Like they did, they, they were obviously a very popular pick to win the NFC before the season started. Yep. A lot of smart fee- football people saw how complete their roster was and thought that Hertz would make a jump. Probably not this big, but thought he would be a lot better. And thought so, the division was worse than it was. Yeah, so it's not like they're this out of nowhere, out of left field team. But, you know, I don't think they came into the season with, you know, Bill's aspirations or Chief's aspirations. So they're a weird one. Like if I were in that market and they lost – like if they lost the NFC championship game and got upset at home to one of these teams that we don't like that much, I would be like probably very, I would, I think I would feel very emotional after the game, but I would have a hard time channeling the anger, which I, which I inherently, I know that would be coming from the Philadelphia fans after a game like that. You well, know I mean, what I mean? It was Dallas. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't think that this team des- would deserve that. Um, sure, because it's single elimination, 60 minutes professional football where, like, anybody can beat anyone. I, 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 I get what you're saying. And, hey, man, may- maybe they're the team that goes 16-1 and one and then has crazy bad turnover luck and just, like, the the they play their worst game of the season with all of the pressure on them coming off of a bye maybe they like 
week 18 is basically a bye, and then they have the bye, and it's like a couple of weeks since they played a meaningful football game. I mean, that sure, like all that's in play for them. But they're they can run, they can throw, they can tackle, they can cover, they have home fields. Everybody else has a huge fatal flaw that they're going to play until they get to the postseason. Like, I don't really know what what am I supposed to. I feel like I, I feel like I the whole conversation around them right now is just creating problems that don't exist. It's like very devil's advocate. You know, it's just like straw man. Like, I, like okay, well, they had a bad week. They had a bad week against Washington and Indianapolis, and ever since then, they've gone back to looking like they're in a class all alone yeah. in the NFC. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and part of it is the teams that they will play keep having horrible things happen to them. So it just, it, it makes them stronger without doing anything. But yeah, it, feel, it feels very Super Bowl or bust. And if you want to have Eagles money, it feels like the last week, maybe two, uh, to get plus money. On that. Now, I mean, if you think they're going to lose in Dallas, then then I guess that would be your last opportunity, yep. really. But I don't know. They're going to kick the shit out of the Bears. Uh, all right. Back half of these games, we can speed it up a little bit. Funny moment in Chiefs-Broncos. I assume you saw Jerry Judy throwing a tantrum early in the game, taking off his helmet, going insane, bumping a ref. No clue how he was in flags. Probably should have been ejected. Uh, for making contact with the official. And then after that outburst has three touchdowns, which I didn't know a Broncos offense was allowed to have three touchdowns <laughs> in a game. Um, do you think Jerry Judy is going to ask for a trade out of Denver? That was what I was thinking about when I, was I, I, I think, I think they'll grant him that. I think if he doesn't, I think he'll still get traded. I think he'll be the most coveted, wide receiver and you know there's there's there'll be a couple of guys who aren't even really on our radar right now like happened last year's draft but I think he'll get traded I think the Broncos want to do it because they're trying to recoup the picks that they gave up for Wilson they started that with the Chubb trade at the deadline yeah I think people I think the the success of AJ Brown this year in Philadelphia I think somebody's going to give up multiple first round picks for him because they see the high-end talent and the potential. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. I could see your team doing a move like that 100%, the Bears. I think that would be – that's almost makes too too much sense, even with the Bears making the awful Claypool trade with the Steelers. Um, yeah, I don't think the Bears will because of the Claypool trade unless they can trade down, unless it was like a, the, a draft day thing after they trade down out of the, the top uh, five and pick up multiple first. The other thing I was thinking about with that game – and I, I, I was, I wanted to get your, I was thinking about this for most of uh, the night before we taped this. Cause I saw her talk about this and I'm like, I, I, I got to get Danny's take on this now. Okay. Were you persuaded at all by anything Mina Kime said about the Russell Wilson conversation? And, and, and that's on the heels of the way graphically he got like knocked out of this game and everybody saw just how. Fill me in. What did I miss? What happened? She thinks that it's gotten to a point where like the piling on is just so out of line. He sucks, but people seem to want to make it very personal with him and not just like 
ex-players and stuff. But like the media, she thinks is dancing on his grave way too much. And she thinks it's gone like way beyond what we're used to seeing for star quarterbacks. Well, okay, and players. A co- okay, a couple of things are true here. Um, I'm paraphrasing the best I can, by the way, on this. If I have it slightly wrong, I apologize. But that's that's the gist of it. Okay. I think a couple of things are true. Russell Wilson is a tough dude to like and relate to. Like, he, he seems phony. His teammates, the people who know him best, don't really seem to like him. He got a quarter of a billion dollars, and he's married to a gorgeous pop star. And he owns the biggest house in Denver, and he flaunts all of it. Like, you know what I mean? So he's just like, it's, there's not a lot likable there. You're, you're like, you're kind of jealous, but you kind of hate him, but you kind of root for him to fail. And so there's not, there's, Andy's fake. So it's just, there's, there's nothing to really grab onto in terms of like likability. And then the other part of it is, dude, until today, he was the worst quarterback in football in a lot of statistical categories in terms of the dudes who had qualified. Like Jamal Williams, like what's your favorite Broncos stat? That if they had scored 18 points or more in every game so far, they they would have been like nine and three coming yep. into today. Or that Jamal Williams coming into today had as many touchdowns as the Broncos offense. Or that Davis Mills is the only guy with a lower passer rating than Russell Wilson. Like all of those things are were facts before today. You know, so I, I, I think what she's talking about, and I didn't see it, so I apologize, but my guess is, is that she's talking about some of like the personal stuff and she's like, she's a very smart analytical watches the film type of person. So she's probably like very, on like her like watchability, rootability, and she was a, she's a Seattle fan. So she probably like saw the best of Russ, you know, all that stuff. And so, like, I, she's the perfect person to be making that argument. But for those of us who had no connection to him in Seattle, and our only connection to him was the phoniness slash jealousy for whatever that exists for people, and then he fails in this epic fashion. I mean, he deserved it on the field. There wasn't an argument to be made for Russell Wilson on the field through 12 games. Yeah. You know, so, you know, he he had a good day today against a real bad defense at home, throwing to his best target, you know, I, so I don't know, like it, I don't look at that guy as a terribly sympathetic figure, even if I agree that the criticism has gotten personal, but I can't, I can't even like blame this on the internet. His teammates, his ex-teammates are the ones that are stoking the flames. Right. And I think maybe, I think some of what she said too might have been like not so much at media coverage, but also about like how those players have framed it. Well, but Um, that's not like that. I mean, what am I supposed to do about that, man? I mean, Richard Sherman's on Thursday Night Football on Amazon dunking on his ex-teammates. I I don't feel bad for him whatsoever. 
not like no part of him for me is somebody that I like look at now and say like, Oh, like I feel almost journalistically or from an entertainment standpoint, like I've crossed some kinds of kind of line or I've devolved into like a shittier person because I think it's hysterical how bad he is there. (laughs) I won't let somebody shame me into not finding entertainment value. Did the Bears tried to trade for him. Right. You know what I mean? So like there, there's I would also disagree with that he had, the he had a good day in part because his team got way behind and they partially dug themselves out of a hole that nobody saw them being capable of doing because they had set the bar like a thousand leagues beneath the sea as far as what we expect out of them in a game. So Congratulations. I will say this. It was good to see him have a little bit of mobility. He had 57 well, yeah, rushing to fall behind by double digits for that to happen, though. Like, I don't know. No, no, I know. But I'm just saying he had 57 rushing yards on four carries. You know, so like that, that, that was good for in terms of like the ability of him to turn the corner as a football player, forgetting the other stuff for a minute. But yeah, man, it's, it's been hilarious. <laughs> like, it's it it has been it has been hilarious to watch. Um well, we got a lot of games left. One offensive touchdown in eight quarters for Deshaun Watson. When, if ever, does concern set in about what type of football player the Browns have this season? Does it does it happen or is that is this whole year just a reacclimation for Deshaun Watson and nothing that he really does matters. I'm I don't agree. I, I don't agree with that. I mean, I'm asking. Like, no, I mean, we've talked already on this podcast about what friggin' uh, Brock Purdy's been able to do. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't I mean, but 700 days between games and whatever pressure he's feeling like, you know what I mean? Like I, he could he could complete zero passes the rest of the way, and he's their week one starter next year because of the pedigree and because of the talent oh, and the, I mean, and, yeah. because, and because of the contract. You know, right. I mean, provided nothing else off the field happens, but yeah, I would agree. Well, with yeah, you. so so you know what I mean? Like it, it, I I could see people in Cleveland just giving him a complete wash on whatever he does on the field this year. I don't I don't know if the coach is going to get that. So what? I'm I'm not convinced that Stefanski is going to be able to just tell Haslam, who has a, I think his default setting is to want to fire coaches as it is. I don't know if he's going to get that benefit of the doubt. Right. Yeah. Even but though Stefanski he, doesn't have a $230 million fully guaranteed contract. Right. But my thing is if, well, now that we're, I mean, it's not like, it's to me, it, w- it wouldn't be asking him too much to learn a new offense in the off season. So I would not want to keep Kevin Stefanski just because I felt like Deshaun Watson had to get on board midstream and be a productive quarterback that in that unusual way. Like, no, I, 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 if I were a Browns fan, I would, you know, I'd already feel gross that he's my quarterback and I would just be even, I would not be in a very good mental place right now having watched him play. These first two he had uh, he had one throw that I saw with a lineman kind of draped all over him, and he still was able to like 
contort his body as he was falling down and rifle the ball like 12, 15 yards up the seam for a completion. He had some decent mobility moments, like escaping to the sideline. Like it's obviously still all in there, but not not looking great. Bengals, man, by the way, just winners of seven of eight. Higgins gets hurt again during the game. No Boyd and an easy cover. Yep. Just and all this that's one of the smart football people got wrong. Bengals regression. They were doing victory laps after two weeks. Yeah. I think they hit their season total win. I think they hit their season over today. They were eight and a half. Yeah. To today start was out nine and four. Yeah. Yeah. Today, today, today was today was nine. Uh I loved Cincy today. That was an easy cover for me. Um Bill's Jets. Robert Sala referenced seeing them again this year, referencing a third potential matchup with the Bills. Competitive game, ugly game, weather game today. Do you think we get it? You think we get Bills Jets part three in the playoffs? Uh, what's their What's going to be their tiebreaker situation with with LA if they're both nine and eight? That's my uh, question because I could see that. I could see the Jets. Right now, the Chargers actually have the tiebreak over the Jets based on win percentage in conference games. The Chargers are five and four, and the Jets are five and five in the AFC. You so, know, if, so if, if it ended today, the Jets would actually miss the playoffs and the Chargers would be the seventh seed. I mean, there's a history of New York coaches talking this way and it working, whether it's Rex Ryan, whether it's. You know, going not so much. Coughlin was not a talk guy, and Salah. It was almost just like a, like an. It was like a parenthetical. Like it, it wasn't like a guarantee, but it was just like he was like portraying confidence. He's like, "There's so much more this team can accomplish." You know, we'll see him again, and we just believe in this team so much. And it was just like, you mean this year? Not, I'm not positive. I'm not positive that you get them again this year. I think the Jets are in a weird spot. I know we talked about this last week, and there are a lot of things to like about their roster defensively um, and some of their skill position guys. We'll see what happens with Brees Hall coming back from that knee injury. But I don't think they're any closer to figuring out their quarterback situation. In fact, they're in a, they're in a worse spot than I thought they would be in when the season started. Where Wilson's well, yeah. getting flushed down the toilet. Mike White is not the guy. You're not going to be able to draft somebody now. So well, you're, you guys- you're, in a, you're in a worse spot because you don't you didn't get any clarity on Zach Wilson and the data that you did get was largely negative. But obviously they they benched him. He's he's running the scout team. But he's still under contract for two more years cheap. They don't have to make a fifth year option decision till after next year. You know what I mean? They, they, they still have time. Uh, but I still think the Jets season largely a success because of the emergence of, of everybody course. Else, because of everybody else. Well, it looks like your coach actually knows what he's doing, which is half the battle. He's had a good year. Jaguars, Titans, the, uh, the upset of the day is good favorites day in the NFL. Uh, I did this on the show last week about Justin Fields. If you were starting a team, you don't get to pick the ro- the, the whole roster or whatever, but you're, you're starting a team 
you build you're building around a quarterback. So you got to factor in age, talent, skill, baggage, all of it. How many guys are you taking before you take Trevor Lawrence, who was awesome today? But Tennessee's pass defense sucks. Oh, man. Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Herbert, Hurts. Yep. So Hurts to me is still interesting. And like, I got a lot of pushback on this one. The guy is in the perfect situation. Like, I, I, Jalen Hurts as the best offensive line, an offensive head coach, two number one receivers, and good running backs. Like, I think he's awesome. He's going to be top three MVP finisher this year. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm still not positive that he's awesome by himself, but fine. Hurts. Fields. Well, not Dak. You skipped him in the NFC East, but I would not say Dak over Lawrence. No, neither would I. I wouldn't say Dak. I wouldn't say Kyler. I wouldn't say Lamar. I wouldn't say Tua. It's Fields or Lawrence. Well, Fields has opened my eyes this year, and I think like um. I'm starting to I'm starting to skew myself more towards him just because he's really doing it with almost nothing. Correct. You know, even more so. Peterson at least has the coach. And I know you like the offensive coordinator there in Chicago, but he doesn't have the reputation that obviously Peterson does in Jacksonville. And I just think there's more weapons there in Jacksonville from ETN when he's healthy. Ingram had a big game today. Monster. Christian Kirk. Um, their offensive line is a lot better, but the only guy I want to circle back to is I do think there's a chance and I, I've never been the, I've never been the biggest guy on this quarterback, but I do think Kyler Murray, like if you get him away from Kingsbury, I think there's going to be a lot of coaches who say, I can make that quarterback into a really good player. I mean, a lot of coaches who would say that, who would have that belief. Opinion of Kyler. Him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Super talented. Like I, would, just, like, I, I would say Lawrence, but I think that one, you, you kind of just went right through him. I think that's a very close call. The reason I don't think it is, is because of the size difference. Like Lawrence is prototypical and Kyler is the extreme the other way. And the money. Like, Lawrence is still cheap. Oh, oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Because you're saying start a team and you take their contract. And you get everything. It. Yeah, okay, I agree with you then. Yeah. How about Lamar Jackson? No, I, I think it's I think it's Lawrence. Yeah, Same I'd rather thing. have him too. I mean, Lamar's in your – I mean, he's won an MVP, but he hasn't progressed significantly as a passer, and he's about to get $50 million a year. Even if it's just year by year on the tag. You know, it's still – I think it's still Lawrence. Um, and I know the way I'm asking the question, I'm not asking like to win a game tomorrow, right? I take Aaron Rodgers over all those dudes, you know, like it. So I, but to, to, I'm just trying to like rank the assets. And, and, and speaking of your Detroit thing, I'd much rather have Jacksonville find their way in to win the AFC South and have them host a playoff game than Tennessee. But I think we're. Yes, absolutely. In terms of, right. 
We should get one of those a year. First and pod should get to remove one playoff <laughs> team and put in another one in each yeah. conference every year for watchability. All right, last game. Uh, this was another game where the market got the number very right. We were like, oh, it's a weird spread. And then the side of the weird spread won convincingly uh, with Carolina winning winning outright. Is the Seahawks defense just too bad for them to really do anything meaningful? Well, they found their they found their way for a while there. And now it seems the last two weeks, like they've gone back to being the team they were at the start of the year, which is one of the worst defenses in the NFL. When they were not a good team, they were just a fun team because of the way Geno was playing. I watched a lot of that game. I did not think Geno, he made some really good throws, but I also think yeah, it was not his best day. He he struggled at times. Man. I mean, the running he, game was obviously not as there. You know, Walker but, being injured, all that. But let, let me say this in that putrid NFC South. I think Carolina's defense is the best unit of the four teams right now. Now, you know, this they, they scored 30 today and won. So it wasn't like they beat Seattle 13 to 10. Yeah. But... They've got dudes and they're well coached. And if they run the ball, you know, they should be able to, you think in theory, run the ball against the Steelers the way that they did against Seattle after watching what happened to Pittsburgh against Baltimore today. You brought up earlier, they control their own destiny. Yeah. What a friggin' story that would be, man. And Darnold's looked, I mean, look, he's not, they're not asking him to do too much. Then he had that ridiculous chest pass. Uh, yeah. At the goal line today, um, but that's that's been an under the radar nice story there that Wilkes, after getting run out of Arizona after one year, has done a really good job with a team that I think really at the his his owner's got to be pissed because I think he, Tepper wanted that team to be like two and fifteen bad for the number one pick. Oh yeah, that. Season's not gone according to plan. <laughs> not not even close. Uh, we're way late, but just one one thing on the Monday night game. This is must win for New England in Arizona, yes? They're a one and a half point favorite. They're six and six. They're on the outside of the playoffs looking in. After this game, they have at Vegas, home against Cincy, home against Miami, at Buffalo. Like, they're probably drawing dead for the playoffs anyway, but... No chance at the seven seed if they lose this game, even though it's an NFC game. Correct? If they lose, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, you just the rest have of the schedule. Right, rest of the schedule is just too hard. Like they're 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 probably not making it anyway. But they got the tiebreaker over the Jets. I mean, that's the one thing they've got going for them because they swept them this year. Man, yeah. what a season this is going to be to analyze for Belichick when it's all said and done. Because the defense at times has been outstanding. But again, now the Patricia thing is blown up in his face again with the way Mac Jones has looked and the offense has looked the last couple of games. And when you're paying a dude $20 million, when you're making Belichick a $20 million a year executive slash coach, like you have a right to demand for them to be great every year. So the standards have slipped there and I'm just... I, I, I do get a kick out of watching like New England now have to, you know, live with the rest of us on the other side of the tracks with Brady gone. 
It is delightful. <laughs> it, it really is. That's why I'm rooting very hard for the Packers to not have a franchise quarterback soon. It'd be fun for them to know how the rest of the world eats. Yep. All right, thanks to Spencer Ray, our executive producer. He's Andrew Filipponi. Check him out in Pittsburgh. I'm Danny Parkins. Do it in Chicago. We do this twice a week, every week, every team, every game. Subscribe, tell an NFL friend, first and pod. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 